either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. So the holiday movie season has officially begun. We're into it. We are. It's here. We're here. And uh, it's a good one. Good start. Yes. Very good start this week. Lots of good stuff to talk about. So welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. Let's start with Goodwin number 1, a detective investigating the death of a patriarch of an eccentric, combative family in Knives Out. I'm Detective Lieutenant Elliot, and this is Trooper Wagner. We just want to ask a few questions. We understand the night of his demise, the family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. How was it? The party? Pre my dad's death? Oh, it was great. I'm gonna live till I die. You think one of his family walls walls killed? Is that what you're suggesting? You all love twisting the knife into one another. I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. Benoit Blanc. <laughs> Daniel Craig. We thought Daniel Craig had a great character name a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Joe in, Bang. Uh, in, uh, what was that called? Oh, uh, Logan Lucky. Yeah. His, na- his character name was Joe Bang. That was good. That's a good one. Now it's Benoit Blanc. <laughs> and uh, he prefers to be called Mr. Blanc, That's doesn't right. he? Yeah. Uh, this is one I've seen all over social media. Everybody is looking forward to this. Yes. They really are. Yeah. Uh, with good reason. Because I think anybody that goes, I'm going to be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't have a good time at this movie. It's a blast. It is. It's so much fun. It's really funny. It's very clever. There's a ton of people in it. And what's fun is that so many of them are playing against type, yeah. which is always interesting to see. And then it's it's perfect for this time of year because the whole family is together and you have just family members just sort of ripping on each other a mm-hmm. little bit. You've got the family tensions. Um and it's it, a hoot. It is a hoot. And it's very interesting that it's writer-director Ryan Johnson. Now, he came really to the forefront because of The Last Jedi. Yeah. And he got so many fanboys butthurt about that. I still <laughs> think it's a good movie. It's I, great I, movie. I really do. Anyway, so, but before that, he was known mainly for Brick, I think. Looper. And Lo- Well, Looper, yeah, you're right. Looper, which we enjoyed a lot. Oh, and yeah. And Brick before that, and each time you can say that he he took a certain type of movie, a certain genre, and sort of deconstructed yes. it a little bit. Yes, it absolutely. It started with Brick, because if you haven't seen Brick, it's a noir, but it's in the world of a teenager. Yes. Uh, which was very interesting. It was. Well, and then in between, he did The Brothers Bloom, which yeah. didn't do as well for him, but it's a con movie. It's mm-hmm. a deconstruction of the con movie. Yeah. So, and then Looper was time travel. Right. And of course, uh, Last Jedi was Star Wars. Right. <laughs> uh, but so here he takes a basic Agatha Christie yep. whodunit. Yes. There are so many Agatha Christie staples in here. You've got a large group of people really in one confined space. Mm-hmm. This time it's a big mansion. Mm-hmm. You've got the one super brilliant detective. Yep. This time it's Benoit Blanc. And uh, you're trying to figure out who done it. Yeah. But not only that, cause first of all, you're not going to, okay? <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to do it. Uh, it's amazing how clever and how involved yeah. what happens is. But it's not only who done it, it's how they done yes. it. Yes. When he finally shows you and fakes you out, it's it's ama- it's an amazing piece of writing, first of all. Oh, it absolutely to take is. To the who done it genre and come up with 
such an involved whodunit. Yes. That it is so much fun. It's funny. It lets these great actors, I mean, let's let's rattle them off. We talked about Daniel Craig. You've got Jamie Lee Curtis. She's so great. You've got Michael Shannon. Mm. Don Johnson. <laughs> He's a hoot. <laughs> he is a hoot. Um, Tony Collette. Yes, Tony Collette. Anna D. Armas, who you've mainly seen as a supporting player. You you've probably saw her in Blade Runner. Yep. Uh, she was also the, it was a tough role as the wife in War Dogs. Yep. Uh, and she's basically, because of the way she looks, she's the hot girl. Yes, uh, even though she's had a couple of roles where she's gotten the opportunity to show a bit of talent. On the whole, the role she plays is beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this film, there are two things. One is that they, they frump her up to a degree that she can just play a regular person. And the other was is that she's really the lead yeah. in a uh, an ensemble of tremendous talent. And she holds the film together. She is really good. She is the nurse of the patriarch the family, who's played by Christopher Plummer, and w- what's great is that he, his his character, is a mystery writer right. himself. Yes, and that's how he amassed his fortune. And he's got all these people in his family and extended family leaning on him to basically take care of them. This at the same time, they all think they're self-made, or they say they're self-made. Uh, yeah, and that gets into the social commentary of this, which is also nice because it's very timely. Movies always reflect the times. Yeah. And you're you're seeing a lot of movies recently about the great distance between the haves and the have-nots. And who feeds on who. We were talking about how this movie would be such a great pairing with, so I would say start with Parasite, uh, uh, and then watch this one, and then watch Ready or Not. So, like, you just, (laughs) through your holiday weekend, you know, you start, then you're eating a little more, you're drinking a little more, you're a little bit wilder. So follow that path. All three great movies, and they all have... They're basically just a riff on the same note. Yeah, and that's the other fun thing about this movie is the weekend that is coming out. Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend. All, a lot of times, you're a lot of people are getting back together with extended family, and let's face it, some are going to get on your nerves. <laughs> same here, and these people really go at each other, especially Chris Evans, who plays sort of the black sheep right. of the family, yeah. the son of Don Johnson and Jamie Lee Curtis, right. and he just has an attitude and a sweater uh, <laughs> about him. And he's he's a blast, too. So the whole thing, the ensemble's fantastic. So it centers upon the death of the patriarch, right. Christopher Plummer. And it looks like, all accounts are, he committed suicide. Right. But wait, Benoit suspects foul play. Exactly. And then everybody starts turning on each other and uh, who done it, how they done it. And it's just, it's so much fun. It really is. Just top to bottom. Everybody in the cast is hysterical. The And like you said, it's just the most clever film. It really is. The dialogue is great. The the, the, the whole ensemble, if you can't tell, even down even down to, we didn't even mention, um, we like Lakeith that. Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield from Get Out is one of the other police detectives. And Noah Sagan, who's who's in, I think, every Ryan Johnson movie. That's That'd be the only reason you'd know him. Yeah. But he's so much fun in this. And then you've got Jaden Martell, oh, a yeah. young actor that we love. Yes. He play, He doesn't have a lot of lines. He doesn't. Uh, they call him the little Nazi kid, and uh, <laughs> he likes to just stay on his phone and really tweet and, and post really incendiary things. <laughs> but yeah, everybody has their role pegged, and... It's not, somebody asked us earlier this morning, well, when we were on TV, Phil asked us if it was more of a horror movie. No, no, it's not. Not It's not at all. It's a mystery and a comedy. Yes, it's PG-13, so you can bring most of the family with you. Yeah, and it's it's just, if you you pick this as your holiday weekend movie, I don't see anybody being disappointed. Agreed. It is just an absolute blast. Go see Knives Out. 
Much more serious matters for movie number two. A couple's first date takes an unexpected turn when a police officer pulls them over. Queen and Slim. Phil, let's get a turn signal back there. Go ahead and ask you to step out of the vehicle for me. Could you please hurry up? What did you say? It's just cold. Get on the ground! Keep your hands where I can see Why is he under arrest? What is your badge number? Chill, just chill! I'm reaching for my cell phone! Who is self-defense? We didn't know Black Bonnie and Clyde. In the city breaking and everybody shaking up. How you gonna outrun the police? We don't have to outrun them. We just have to make sure they don't know where we are. This here's Kentucky, my friend. There's a war going on out there, and you welcome this into our home? Is this y'all? Y'all really gave us something to believe in. We need the death for real. Let them go! They got a new Black Panthers. Power to the people. All we can do is go forward. There is nothing back there for us. Let's just keep going. This is an incredible feature film debut for the director and the writer. The director is Melina Matsukas, who has done a lot of TV. And the writer is Lena Waithe who has also done a lot of TV and acting as well. Mm -hmm. You might have seen her, maybe the most high-profile role she has in movies, where she was one of the um, fighters in Ready Player One. Yeah. But they've been involved in a lot of TV projects, like Insecure, I think, is maybe one of the main ones, too. So now they've got a feature film, and it's just just fantastic. And it's a big success all around, not only the writing and the directing, but the acting. The two leads, Queen and Slim, are Daniel Kaluuya, who, of course, was Oscar-nominated from Get Out, and then... They say introducing uh, Jodie Turner-Smith, who plays Queen. She's also got some TV credits, but mm-hmm. for a lot of people, that, when, when they say introducing, yeah. it's sort of like here is a brand new talent, and boy, she is. They are both great. Their chemistry, which we've mentioned many times, is not a thing you can manufacture. Right. Right? You cannot. And they have it from the opening frame, which is interesting because the opening scene is their first date. They're having their first date in a diner, and right away, in the first five minutes, you know you're, you're in for something really, really special because the dialogue feels so real mm. of two people. They're getting to know each other. They don't know each other, mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. And you're getting to know them. But right away, this the little bits. It sounds like real people talking. Yeah. You know, and so many times it doesn't You can, in, a, in a movie where you think, boy, that's just not exactly. authentic from the get go. And so, unfortunately, they're out, they're driving home after eating on their on their first date, and they get pulled over by a white cop, and things escalate. And next thing you know, the white cop is dead, and they are figuring out what to do next. Now, here's a key point in it. Queen is a lawyer. Right. And that's really important, because the entire film makes a good contrast between Slim, who, who sees it as his individual situation. Right, right, right. She reminds him, and she reminds us, of the big picture. Yeah. Like, after the tragedy happens, he he is convinced, look, it was self-defense, and she knows right away. She's been through this with clients. She goes, we have to run now. He says, I'm not a criminal. She says, you are now. Yeah. And they're off, and they got to go, and they got to form a plan. And so while they are uh, off on the run, it sort of, it takes a a feel of not only a, a fable a little mm-hmm, bit, maybe mm-hmm. a protest parable, but also it's a bit of underground railroad going on as they have to depend on the kindness of people who are going to hide them because obviously what happened goes viral. Sure. Uh, you can't yeah. hold, you know, nothing can be a secret anymore. And they become sort of underground Bonnie and Clyde figures. Sure. Uh, and it, yeah, it's, 
at once it feels real and yet it feels a little bit of fably, if, yeah. if that's a word. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's just fantastic because in the middle of all this tragedy and what they're up against, you also get the feeling of that, that it's of romance and love. They're mm-hmm. getting to know each other. And there are times when they're out driving in the open spaces and there is a great con- contrast between the freedom of a wide open space and yet the dwindling of options that they have. Sure. Their actual chances are getting smaller and smaller, but yet they're, you know, sticking their heads and arms out the window and just enjoying the breezes. Mm-hmm. Things like that. The, the entire movie just scores with sequence after sequence that that really impresses. Now, there are a couple. There's one in particular where uh, Slim has an altercation uh, with uh, a gas station attendant. To me, all right, took me out of it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's it's really nitpicking. I thought this was a, a tremendous movie. Obviously, it's about very serious topics. Right. Uh, very timely. And so that, that you know that going in. But it's one that I think is very vital and, and very urgent. And obviously, uh, us as white people, we're going to have a reaction to it that there's a part of it that we're not going to be able to understand as sure. well as, as that's natural. But still, I think you have to, you really have to give yourself over to it. And, yeah. I, and I think you'll find a tremendous film. I always find, um, I love it when a film doesn't play to a white audience. Like, that's not the point, right? right? The point right. is because so often you get a film that is about people of color and the lead is actually like the handsome white lawyer or, you know, right. it's it's as if they're afraid, it's as if Hollywood is afraid that they won't get a big enough audience if they're not catering to a white crowd. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but at the same time, you know, um, I love the idea also that even though it's it's not catering to a white crowd, that a white crowd will get a lot out of it. Obviously, it's very entertaining. It's very well written. It's well directed. The, the performances are great. But also, it's the best opportunity to actually empathize with somebody, right? Is yeah. when they're not hand like spoon feeding you by telling it through the handsome white lawyer's perspective. Yeah, it's very much a statement on being black in America today. Yeah, and really a reminder of the history of being black in America. It's it's very it's a very important film, very brave film, very audacious film, and a a very very impressive film, especially for the first feature for a writer and director. I right. thought it was just incredibly impressive. It's Queen and Slim. Impressive movie number three is Noah Baumbach's incisive and compassionate look at a marriage breaking up and a family staying together. It's Marriage Story. What I love about Nicole, she is a mother who plays, really plays. What I love about Charlie, he loves being a dad. He loves all the things you're supposed to hate, like waking up at night. She's brave. He's brilliant. He's very competitive. Getting a divorce, Mom. You can't be friends with him anymore. I realized I didn't ever really come alive for myself. I was just feeding his aliveness. I'll never get to really be his parent again. He needs to know that I fought for him. It's not as simple as not being in love anymore. Eventually, it'll be the two of you having to figure this out. If we start from a place of reasonable and they start from a place of crazy, when we settle, we'll be somewhere between reasonable and crazy. We've said it before, and we're going to say it again right now. Uh, Adam Driver is having a hell of a year. And he's still got Star Wars to come. Right. I mean, man, he really, really has. He just, well, a couple weeks ago was the report. Yep. Right? 
Uh, he had earlier this year, of course, he had one we loved was... Um, the Dead Don't Die. The Dead Don't Die. I mean, he really is an incredible actor. Yes, uh, he is. He really is. And this is another reminder. And so is Scarlett Johansson. Yes, who's who, having a good year as well because of Jojo Rabbit. I mean, both of them are serious Oscar contenders oh, this yes, year. Very much so. But this is another one that comes down to the writing and directing, and it's a very personal project for Noah Baumbach. And if you don't know Noah Baumbach, you might have heard of The Squid and the Whale yeah. is one of his. Also, his his debut years ago was Kicking and Screaming. Yeah. And he's done, he's either written or directed movies with uh, his partner now, Greta Gerwig, mm-hmm. Francis Ha, mm-hmm. Mistress America. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he tends to do is focus on characters who are having a hard time living up to the image of themselves. Right. And this is very much, very much in keeping uh, with that theme here. And it's very personal because... Apparently, it's based a lot on his own experience with his divorce from actress Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah. So it's it's a very personal story, and he's you get the feeling many times that he's really bearing his soul here, and it's a fantastic, fantastic movie. I think it's one of the best of the year. But it's also one that is going to rip your heart out. You know that going in, because it's another case of writing letting us get to know real people with these two. Scarlett Johansson and Laura Dern, who are both in this film, mm-hmm. they were part of the Vanity Fair sort of table of, of the great actresses of this year mm-hmm. talking to each other. And, and the question was posed about the dialogue, about Noah Baumbach's dialogue. And Scarlett Johansson has said, I know that it feels improvisational. I know that it feels like it's just a natural pattern. She goes, every single word, every time it breaks, every time a sentence breaks and somebody else picks it up, she's like, we rehearse that. That is exactly what's on the page. And you don't ever vary from a Noah Baumbach script. That is amazing. That that I'm I'm glad to hear that in a way because it just reaffirms how much talent there is, not only in his writing it, but in them being able to make it feel yep. improvisational yep. and feel so real because it does nothing, not one bit of that dialogue feels wasted right. at all. And the two leads are great. You mentioned Laura Dern. She plays uh, Scarlett Johansson's divorce lawyer, mm-hmm. and she is great too. She could be very much in the discussion for a Best Supporting Actress nominee. She's fantastic. And then uh, Adam Driver's character has a couple of different lawyers, a real easygoing grandpa figure in Alan Alda, Aww. and then a cutthroat shark in Ray Liotta. Mm. And that's another area it gets into, the business, the, quote, business yeah. of divorce yeah. and how much money it costs. And, and and let's be real, this is a story about rich white people, sure. but that's what they were living at the time. Of course. Uh, that's his story yeah. if he was married to Jennifer Jason Leigh. They are both rich white people. Six, exactly. So you kind of give it a pass there, as we might normally, we might say, hey, this seems a little, you know, th- uh, rich people problems, yeah. but it yeah, was rich people problems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so you get to know these people, and you see how little cracks lead to growing further apart, leading to the divorce, and then things can get ugly. The, the main gist of it is, Adam Driver's character is a New York City theater director, and whose whose wife, Scarlett Johansson, she was an L.A. film actress who kind of gave that up when they got married to come to New York and become more of a stage actress, and they have a young child, Henry. And and that is that the the root of it. She, as much as she loved her family and and is torn up about this divorce, she admits that the marriage has made her feel smaller. Mm-hmm. And you never get the sense that it's taking too many sides, sides either. Even when... Adam Driver's character, it's so, you want to scream at him. He's just will not face facts. Mm-hmm. He just will not face the truth here. 
Um, even then, you think it's okay. Now it's going over toward we're really taking Scarlett Johansson said, "Oh no, we're not. We're mm-hmm. coming back toward the middle." It's really great like that, but you do get the feeling that he's bearing his soul, yeah. looking back on what happened. And um, it just feels incredibly real leading up to they try, you know, they're trying to hold on to some bit of control over their divorce. And then they lose more and more of that control when the lawyers take over. And, of course, they're fighting over the custody of their son. Mm -hmm. And one feels this is better. The other feels this is better. And it leads really to one emotional tsunami scene that is really, really tough to watch, but the acting and, and the writing and the execution of it is just something to behold. Uh, it really is. And, you know, as much as you're going to bring the tissues, I will say it leaves you on a hopeful note mm-hmm. that people can get through this and they can be friends and they can part and still remember what we have meant to each other. Yeah. And especially if you have a child, what we will always mean to each other. And uh, just know going in, it's not the feel-good movie of the year no. by any means. But We've mentioned before the old adage that plot is what happens and story is how it happens. And if that's the case, then marriage story is the perfect title for this movie because that's what it is. It's how a marriage comes apart and how you deal with that. And big recommendation for marriage story. And we're going four out of four this week. This one in limited, more limited release. It's a young actor's stormy childhood and early adult years as he struggles to reconcile with his father and deal with his mental health. Honey Boy. I see you. Country real hard. Be a 12-year-old. Pie fight. Ugh. It's not a pie fight. Think it through. What's your mother got a job for? Just in case. In case what? I don't In case know. you fail. In case it don't no. work out. Yes, man. She's filling your head full of fear. I pump you full of strength. Because we're on a team, and I know you got what it takes. You're a star, and I know it. That's why I'm here. I'm your cheerleader, honey boy. You have good instincts. I have good instincts? Yeah, I got rodeo clown instincts. instincts, well I could never make it in Hollywood. What if you start when I did? How do you think it feels to have my son paying me? You wouldn't be here if I didn't pay you. So another somewhat autobiographical story. Uh, this stars Shia LaBeouf and he also writes. And it's based on his own stint in therapy, in uh, court-appointed therapy, rehab, where he, in a very meandering way, remembers parts of his childhood that could have led to the diagnosis of PTSD. Yeah, if you've known anything about Shia LaBeouf, he's a very talented actor, but he's also had some issues. Yeah. Uh, definitely issues uh, away from acting in the news, arrests, breakdowns, weird behavior, things like that. And this is maybe his attempt to show I had a a less than normal type of upbringing and I've got some issues I'm dealing with. And yeah, he's writing and he's starring as his father. And it's more, we were just talking about this earlier in, in the previous films, sort of soul bearing. Or is it? So I think actually one of the things I think is the most fascinating about this film is that it doesn't shy away. In fact, very much frequently embraces. Shy, I saw what you did there. <laughs> embraces the notion that maybe this is performance art as therapy, Mm -hmm. or maybe this is another show, another performance. Mm -hmm. And how authentic is it, and how self-serving is it, and is there a difference between art and and reality? And is that Shia LaBeouf's mental problem in the first place? And so it's just, (laughs) and I don't mean that really uh, to be flippant, it's an atmosphere the film creates and it makes it a better film for it, that it's not 
it's not trying to be very straightforward. I was in therapy, and this is how I came to terms with my life. There's no sense that he's necessarily come to terms with anything. Mm-hmm. And his performance is really very good. I was a bit surprised. This is so 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 much of a personal statement. I guess I was a bit surprised that he didn't also try to direct it. But in the end, that's probably a good choice. I agree. I absolutely agree. And, and you know, he's directed some shorts and some, like, Marilyn Manson videos. But, <laughs> I mean, that... And, and the director actually has only done documentaries. Mm-hmm. And so I found her work very impressive in the atmosphere that she creates and in the way that she transitions from present to past and back again. Yeah, the director is Alma Harrell, mm-hmm. who has, yes, mm-hmm. only done documentaries. And let's also, we've gone too far without mentioning the actor who plays basically Shia LaBeouf as a young boy, and that's Noah Jupe. Yes, and he's precious, he's adorable, as he has always been. I mean, Noah Jupe is the real deal. But in this movie, his chemistry with LaBeouf is great, as he plays the young, really, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Um, and his, the actor, Noah Jupe's grasp of this little boy's limited understanding of what is happening, mm-hmm. and the rage and loneliness and need, he just... Just be nice to him. That's all he wants. His performance is just heartbreaking and wonderful. He's always, every time I've seen him, he's all, even in a small part, he's always kind of got my attention. That mm-hmm. kid, that kid's good. Mm-hmm. He played, not many people saw Suburbicon, no. the George Clooney movie with uh, Matt Damon, but he played Matt Damon's son. Very good. He played a friend of Jacob Tremblay in Wonder. Right. Also very good. If and then he was in A Quiet him, Place. Yeah, that's what you remember him for, is A Quiet Place. He was the brother. But... But this movie really, I think, I mean, it articulates the power that he has as a performer. Mm-hmm. And then the adult Shia LaBeouf character is being played by Lucas Hedges, who is absolutely always wonderful. Yes. I've never seen him in a role where he wasn't really fantastic. Yeah, he recently he got on everybody's radar with Manchester by the Sea sure. and Boy Erased, yeah. but he is very talented, yes. Uh, and was he was Oscar nominated for Manchester by the Sea as he well? Was. He should have been. Yes, he so, was. Yeah, so he's uh, it's it's loaded with with talent here, and also Shia LaBeouf playing what amounts to his own father mm-hmm. is you got to wonder how that affects somebody. Yeah, you know, in their performance uh, because he's going to bring his own thoughts about his father yeah. to that performance. It's hard not to really be kind of awestruck by that because the performance itself is simultaneously very compassionate but not entirely forgiving. Mm-hmm. And I think in a way that's necessary because as an outsider watching this man behave in this way, I mean, if it were just sort of a vengeful, this is how bad my dad right. was. No, it, you it, can't. No. no. But at the same time, if it were entirely forgiving, as an audience watching him give cigarettes to his young son or right. all of the things that he should never have done, you think to yourself, yeah, no, this can't all be forgiven. So, I, I mean, it is... Easily the best performance. And he's another guy having a great year because we love the Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, yeah. Shia LaBeouf was great in that. And he, again, for all his troubles, even in bad movies, go back to that tank movie, Fury, with oh, yeah. Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. He was good in that. I mean, I've seen him be good frequently. Yes. Uh, but he was fantastic in the Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, he, he was. really, really yeah, was. Yeah, he was. Um, so, yeah, again, having a, a good year here. And this one... More limited release mm-hmm. this holiday weekend, so it might not be at every multiplex, but boy, that's four out of four this week. Yeah. Honey Boy is yep. another recommendation. And with that, let's go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Well, 
been talking so much about good movies. <laughs> Let's start off with one that's not so good out on home video this week, and that is Angel Has Fallen. The and saddest thing about this movie is that it made a lot of money, and they're going to make three more. Well, the thing is that you brought up, it came out, it picked the perfect time to come out, because it came out in a couple of weeks where nothing else no, came out. there was nothing else out there, and so people went to, which is funny, because I know the second one, London Has Fallen, was a financial disappointment, a box office disappointment, also one of the worst movies of the year, the year that it came out. So that's that's the big positive. It's better than London Has Fallen. It is. Let's, let's do that. It but started. It started with Olympus has fallen. Right. And they just keep falling, and they just keep getting up, <laughs> yes, which is the problem. It is this the is, problem. It's just not good. It offers, if you're going to say anything, it offers, first of all, Nick Nolte shows up as Gerard Butler's long-lost dad, mm-hmm. lives out in the woods, survivalist guy. All right. So he brings some comedic effect. He does. There's also some good, there's at least one good stinger uh, through the credits. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> I know where you're going. There's a performance by a baby. <laughs> And I'm not making this no. up. It's one of the best baby performances. You're going, what are you talking about? I'm telling you. Not only that, it's easily the best performance in the film. The baby. The baby is really good. You almost wonder if it's a CGI baby. It's, a, it's the best baby performance I've probably ever seen. And that is the biggest recommendation for Angel Has <laughs> Fallen. Oh, where'd you go, Bernadette? Yeah, well, you know what? That's you know where thing. people didn't go to but, see this movie? Exactly. Which is too bad because look at who's involved. Kate Blanchett. Yes. Who's magnificent all the time. And then it's Richard Linklater. I know. It was, uh, it was a profound disappointment, really. And part of it is that I just don't think... Linklater's style matched this book. It was a very popular book, mm-hmm. but um, uh, he gutted a lot of the reasons to dislike. He gutted a lot of the tensions, really, from the book. Uh, and and the book is a little bit of a mystery because Bernadette's not in it, but she's in every frame of the movie. So it really, it's an odd mismatch, and it just doesn't really go anywhere. I think people often overlook how hard it is to successfully adapt a book. Yeah. You're going to have to leave stuff out. Yeah. You are. And it's, it's, they're two totally different things, books and then adaptations of mm-hmm. the movies. And that's why some cases they can be better. They really can. Uh, other times they can really leave you, oh, man, I can see where this would have been a good book, but it's not really a good movie. Right. And that sort of is what happens here. And there's also no really good baby performances. <laughs> Sorely lacking in baby performances. Oh, Don't Let Go is another disappointment, although there's some talent involved there. David Oyelowo. Yes. It's not that it's a terrible movie. It's a perfectly fine sort of B movie. It's just frequency. It's just, I mean, it's, right. you know, it's it's just one of those, if I could talk to somebody from my recent past and that past was still somehow actually alive and present and we could communicate with each other, we could fix, solve a crime. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, Unfortunate that it's so um, predictable at this point that they're just taking what is frequency. I mean, that's not the only movie that's done it. Oyelowo is really good. I he don't know needs, how they got him in this movie. Well, he really needs some better stuff because he he's so talented. Um, he needs some some better because he did that Gringo uh, that was awful. Oh. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, some uh, the new year will bring some better movies for David Oyelowo. Official Secrets is on video this week. It's not a bad movie. It's just a bland movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Kira Knightley, who's always good, she, it's a true story of a whistleblower. And she does a very good job. It's just that the movie tries to do too much, doesn't do it especially well, and just uh, there's no excitement about it. Mm. And also, Mary, 
is out this week as well. Wow, another movie with a great cast. This one is even more just mind-boggling. So it's Gary Oldman and Emily Mortimer. They're a couple, and he, like, runs boats for this tour guide thing, and he's going to, he, it's finally time, he's going to, he's going to captain his own ship. So he buys one that has washed up on shore and is part of police auction. They're without a crew, there's no, that's nothing creepy. I mean, this is the guy who starred as Dracula. We should know better. And it's it, also the director of Megan is yeah, Missing. yeah. Which is sort of, if you know horror movies, it's sound of an infamous it is. horror movie. Michael Goy, mm-hmm. is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's done horror and done creepy, and this is really creepy. It's supposed to be. It's yeah. just so stupid. It's so <laughs> stupid. You know, it's the only the only moments that aren't predictable are the ones that are utterly nonsensical. That's the only time that you're like, oh, I didn't yeah. predict that that would happen, because it doesn't make any sense. It should never have happened. It doesn't fit into your plot. And we're still... This is the most tired cliche of this year is that the whole movie is framed by that police interview, you know, where you're sitting yeah. in that, you know, that room across from a detective and they're they're grilling you and the end is idiotic. The CGI when they finally get to it so bad. It's just such an incredible waste. Yeah, too bad for Mary, one to skip. Next week, boy, they're coming fast and furious now. We're definitely into Oscar season. We've got what well, we've got Looks like four we've already seen, and one we're going to see soon. Dark Waters mm-hmm. uh, comes out true based on true life events, uh, starring Mark Ruffalo. Also, Waves, the latest for a filmmaker we like, Trey Edward Schultz, yes. who did uh, It Comes at Night and did Krisha yep. a few years ago. Very talented. Uh, the Aeronauts, this is a, a re-teaming, a reunion of Eddie Redmayne and Felicity, Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. Yeah, so we'll see that in a couple of days. Also, Knives and Skin. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, it's a real, speaking of brick, I mean, this is another high school noir. It's so unusual. It's so good. And one that we actually got a chance to see at Nightmares Film Festival mm-hmm. here in Columbus a few weeks ago, Daniel Isn't Real, comes out. And just a heads up, we also got to see one that comes out on Christmas Day, Uncut Gems, the oh, other day. Oh, yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> Adam Sandler, I'm still trying to come down from that. Oh, my God. Loved it. Well, we'll talk about more, more about that later because, yeah, boy, definitely uh, our busy season. And yeah. we're not complaining. There's some good stuff. It's already been out this week and good stuff to come. So hope you enjoy it all as much as we do. On that note, uh, please uh, keep the conversation going. On Twitter is the easiest way. You can always get in touch with us about anything you've seen or looking forward to seeing. You can find us on Twitter. It's at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Also on Facebook and Instagram, we're at Mad Wolf Columbus. And of course, the main website with all our written reviews and other fun stuff like our horror movie-centric podcast called Fright Club. That's all at MadWolf.com. So we always appreciate you stopping by. And if you would just do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review while you're here, we would appreciate it. Thank you so much. We hope you have a wonderful start to your holiday season, Thanksgiving and all that, and looking forward to uh, what's to come, movies and holidays. And until next week, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.